So in mm -hmm. order to be successful, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to go through the unknown. You're going to have to figure things out that you've never done before. And in order to do that, you're going to need to rely on that discipline. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome back to the Wayfinder Show, Adam. How you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Another sunny day here. Life is good. How about you? Yeah. Uh, same thing, bro. It's it's been a it's it's been busy. You know, I think I'm trying to get a whole lot of things done. You know, getting ready for the summer. So, you know, it just seems a little bit of chaotic times, but it's all good. You know, it means we're we're busy and being productive and staying off the streets, which is really important. So, uh, keeps it keeps the streets safe. You know. <laughs> How is the real estate market in Denver right now? You guys still chugging away, cranking out? Yeah, homes? man, I, I don't understand it. I really thought like with the rates and we did have a big slowdown second half of last year, but something happened after the new year and it just took off again, man. And we've been in multiple bid situations again. Uh, our listings we've sold, you know, over asking again. And uh, luckily, you know, we're very active in the market so we can always see you know, what's happening. So like, you know, on the buy side, we know how much to consult people to go over. And on the sell side, we know to tell people like, hey, don't just take whatever comes in. Let's, let's hold on and, and get you the best price and terms and all that good stuff. So it's yeah. worked out really well for us. Uh, thank God. Yeah. And we're recruiting new agents as well. So it's it's been good. Uh, we got a new school that let us in. And yeah, it's it's been a good time. It's been busy. Yeah. It's busy. So good. Enough about me, man. How, somehow you always get me going about me, and I can't help <laughs> it, you know? My bad. <laughs> I guess it's my narcissism that kicks in. You just know how to appeal to that, don't you? But let's let's kill that and move on to, we have a really great guest today. So let, let's, let's tell everybody a little bit about him. Yeah, man. We have a great guest today. We have Kyle Wakeman. Kyle's a friend of a show, one of our Emerged Brethren. Great guy. Uh, he's a coach himself. And, and Kyle, welcome to the show, man. I figured I'd just kind of let you you spill introduce yourself a little bit here yeah, yeah. sounds good thanks adam thanks louis it yeah, was welcome. so it's awesome to be on the show i've listened to a ton of episodes so recently i just listened to chris Merz's episode nice. which was awesome so chris and i know each other really well and i've i've get i've gotten a chance to see him you know go through this journey that he's on with this this right. huge deal that he's put together yeah. and everything so to see that come together and hear it all is just truly, truly awesome. So thanks again for having me on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah, for listening. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we knew absolutely. there was somebody out there listening. Now we know who it is. So thanks. Man. <laughs> really I, I listen to each one repeatedly. I want to get those views up for you. Try all, to right. this, you know? <laughs> all 100 downloads for Kyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, so it's man. awesome. We knew you but, were out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely out there supporting. And it's so cool. You know, you mentioned that community that we have, Adam, and there's, you know, a few people doing some podcasts now. So it's really awesome to be able to help each other out, promote the shows, give it a listen, give constructive feedback. So it's really cool. And that's what that community is all about. Totally. And yeah. we've heard your I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I'm sure we're going to touch on yours in a little bit, too. Uh, and, and it's a great one as well for the listeners out there. So yeah, uh, it's been so fun to watch how that's evolving too. Well, go ahead and plug it right now since we brought it up. It's called Ideal. <laughs> is it the Ideal Impact Podcast? The Ideal. Yes. Impact. Yep. So the Ideal Impact Podcast and Ideal stands for intentionality, discipline, emotional intelligence, accountability, and loyalty. And those are my partner and I, Randy Myers. Those are our five life skills that you know we really lean on to navigate all of the challenges that life throws at us. And it has evolved from where we started, and we can get into that, you know, after I give some background. But yeah, yeah Ideal Impact Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube right now as well. And we do video, so if you want to stare at our uh, our faces, you're more than welcome to do that <laughs> through through Spotify and YouTube. Great. Hey man, I gotta 
I just got to date myself really quick. When you said your partner's name is Randy Myers, there's no chance he was the relief pitcher for the 86 amazing Mets, was he? <laughs> no, he was not. Uh, so okay. he is, he was born in a 80, hero to me, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was born oh, 84, I think okay. Randy is. So yeah. So okay. he was a little too young for that, but it's funny because I happened to, I don't, I don't know why, but I Googled that name the other yeah. day and I think I was trying to look our podcast up and I was using Randy's name somehow. And I saw that relief pitcher and yeah. there was a pro wrestler named Randy Myers too, that <laughs> I came across. So super interesting, wow. but neither, neither of them are the Randy that, that I work with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. but don't tell anybody that man you'll get a lot more listens man. i know Especially that's from true the new york yeah. era like people my age from the new york era oh man <laughs> i'm telling you that dude was a legend that's true he was i grew up i grew up a cleveland indians fan so i am uh okay. i am not a, a new york fan in, in any way yeah. <laughs> unfortunately smart man right. <laughs> so yeah, tell us so... a little bit about your background though you uh, we're, we also share something else we're both rhode islanders actually. Oh yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I don't, I yeah. don't meet too many native Rhode Islanders. So yeah. yeah. So that's where it all started. So I was born in Newport, Rhode Island. My dad was in the Navy. So he did mm -hmm. 22 years in the Navy. We bounced around a bit when I was a kid. So born in Newport, spent three years there, spent a year then in Wilmington, Delaware. Then we went back to Newport, Rhode Island, then to Fairfield, Connecticut for four years. So I did first through fourth grade in Fairfield, Connecticut, which was actually awesome. So Chuck Nagy, the, the pitcher for yeah. the Indians in the 90s, actually was born and raised in Fairfield, Connecticut. So oh, wow. I fit right in because everybody in the town was a Cleveland Indians fan, including myself. And then as soon as you went outside of Fairfield, it was all Yankees fans. So yeah. that was pretty cool to grow up in, you know, well, spend four years of my my childhood in the same town as Chuck Nagy. And then my dad retired from the Navy in 1997. And when he got out, we moved to upstate New York, which is where my dad was born and raised. We stayed with my my uncle, my dad's brother for a year. And then we ended up back in Cleveland, Ohio. So my mom was born and raised in Cleveland. And as her parents, my grandparents got older, she really wanted to to get back and spend those last years with them since, you know, she was gone for, oh man, she ended up being, you know, with my dad outside of Cleveland for about 12, 13 years, somewhere in that area. So it was awesome for her to come home. And it was great for me because when I was a kid, I didn't get to spend time with either side of my my family my dad's side of the family was in upstate new york my mom's side of the family was in cleveland we were obviously on the coast so i got to see my extended family once a year so it was really awesome to spend that year in new york with my dad's side of the family and then that you know the remainder growing up with my mom's side of the family my my aunts and uncles my grandparents so it was awesome to get to spend that little bit of time with them before my grandparents passed away oh yeah. So what, so, uh, what, what happened after that? Like, did, you know, you, I, I see you mentioned a little bit about, uh, I, I heard on your podcast playing football and yeah. A few other yeah, things. So, like Such. Yeah. So I, I went to Menor high school, which is at the time, it was the biggest high school in the state of Ohio. I graduated with, I think just over a thousand people right around that. So I was at graduation. We, we had our graduating class was so big that we had to do it at Cleveland state university instead of our own school. And they're reading names off this list. And I'm like, I've never heard of that person before in my life, you know, so it was it was kind of, a, you know, a massive school from that aspect. So we were division one, one of the best football programs in the state and that that has continued to carry on since I graduated back in 2005. I played football my my eighth grade year, ninth grade and 10th grade. And unfortunately I quit because I was too busy, you know, with my girlfriend to take football really seriously. But that was one of the biggest regrets that I've had in my life. I missed football so much that I actually went to a school in college, Lake Erie college specifically, just so I could get back onto the football field. So went to Lake Erie, it was a private school. I had an incredible time. So, and, and part of the reason why I went back to, to school was not only the football, but fear of missing out on the college experience. What I really wanted to do when I graduated high school was go into the military, following my dad's footsteps. But 
I decided to go the college route because I was just, I was overwhelmed with this fear that I was going to miss out on that whole experience. And, you know, society kind of was pushing me in that direction. It's like, Hey, if you want to be successful, you want to achieve bigger things, like go get a four-year degree and it'll all work out, which what it really worked out to was $85,000 in student loan debt, a ton of fun playing football and some really amazing friends. So my best friends, my closest group of friends are still my friends from college to this day. My best friend, Andy, I am his son's godfather. And then his daughter's uh, uh, godmother is my wife. So, you know, uh -huh. wouldn't change the experience for the world, but definitely didn't have the right intent when I was going to school. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life at that point from a professional standpoint. And really college was just about having fun. And I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, Hey, I'm taking out all these student loans, but that's like four years away. Like mm -hmm. that's so far away that I don't yeah. have to worry about that now. And so I graduated from Lake Erie, four-year degree bachelor's in business administration. And I did business because I'm like, ah, maybe I'll make a lot of money doing that someday. So that's why I picked <laughs> business administration. And I remember picking up or opening the mail one day and I got my first student loan bill and it was, it was like $1,100 a month. And I started panicking. I'm like, what am I going to do? I, I'm making like seven bucks an hour. I have no way to pay this bill. How do I do it? And that is what led me to the National Guard. So the National Guard at the time, Ohio National Guard was offering student loan repayment of up to $50,000. So it would have put a huge dent in that $85,000 uh, bill that I had. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> My contract got messed up. They didn't really know how this student loan program worked because it was new to the guard. I enlisted into the guard as an officer candidate. So I was supposed to go to basic training and then become an officer, but found out that officer candidates or excuse me, commissioned officers are no longer eligible for student loan repayment. So I ended up not going to officer school, went the enlisted route, spent six years, achieved the rank of staff sergeant. Ultimately it was an awesome experience, came with a lot of regrets. You know, I wasn't the best leader, wasn't super intentional at that point in my life, wasn't disciplined, wasn't emotionally intelligent, all of these things that I talk about now. And that's kind of where that all started, you know, reflecting back onto my time in the military and my early career as a leader in the corporate world. It's like, I could have been so much better. So sure. I, you know, took that and leveraged it, all the mistakes, all the struggles that I made, my, how do I help other people and basically, you know, help them learn from my mistakes, my struggles, so they don't do the same things that I did in the past. So mm -hmm. that led me to an 11 year corporate career. And I actually left my corporate job back in May of last year, did that for five months. I was working at a, a roofing company with some great friends of mine doing sales, 100% commission-based job. It was completely unknown. The stability wasn't there. And I freaked out, totally panicked. I immediately ran back to my corporate job where it was full of stability. And at that time, I thought I was going to leverage that experience to become a higher level leader within the corporation and then go off on my own in a few years and create this leadership development company called Ideal, which we talked about a little bit earlier. So again, it evolved. It started as a leadership development company. And it's involved into more of just a personal mindset development coaching program, which is what I'm truly passionate about. So that's kind of where we are at today. I left my corporate job again in March. Hey Kyle, so... can we go back for a second? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, I think of the military. I think of someone that you know you you're forced to be disciplined, and you have discipline right. in your in your daily routine. You mentioned how you weren't disciplined at all in the military. Can you talk about like how why you feel? you were not disciplined during that era? Like what, what was it that you- Yeah, that so that, that's a great question. So I think that is, we all have this perception of what the military is, right? Especially if you haven't been there mm -hmm. and you see it in the movies, you see Full Metal Jacket and you know all, all of these movies with these portrayals of these super fit, rigid, super disciplined people. And in today's military, so I got out, 
in 2018. So five years ago now already, which is crazy to think about, but it's not quite that anymore. You, you can get away with a lot more. You can be a little bit lazier. And I think that's amplified in the guard because you're only there one week in a month, two weeks a year, minus any deployments or any other additional duty that comes up like that. But it was just the discipline is not what it used to be. You know, you had I was able to say no, you know, and kind of get away with it. And that stemmed from the top down. Right. So ultimately, when you when you look at something like the military, that all starts at the top. So there was just this lack of discipline and they're lowering standards when it comes to the physical fitness aspect of it and you know your uniform haircuts everything so the the standards and the discipline in the military over the last i don't know probably 10 years or so has really started to take a turn and it became easy to be undisciplined unless you had that discipline ownership first mindset which i really didn't start getting until right towards the end of my career when i started picking up books by jocko willink discipline equals freedom extreme ownership i just thought by wearing that rank like hey you're an e6 now you're a staff sergeant i'm a leader and that was so far from the the truth i had so much to learn but my arrogance and cockiness got in the way of my actual progress and personal growth. Yeah, that makes total sense. Leadership is not granted to you. It's it's something that you need to develop inside of you. That's a good that's a great yeah. point. Develop inside yeah. of you and continue to develop it every single day. Leadership development is the same as personal development. It's something that you need to work on trying to be better at every single day in my opinion. Yeah. And I guess that kind of leads into that way sorry to interrupt you to get back no, to what you're talking good. about. That kind of leads the discipline thing leads right into what you're doing now with your your ideal program correct yeah yeah and it was this realization that i've had so again we've kind of had multiple iterations we started off and this all started actually with a, a conversation with jamie gruber so i was having a terrible day at the roofing company i'm freaking out i'm panicking right i go from making a six-figure salary plus up to a 30 percent bonus to making whatever I sell that week in roofs, right? It could be, could be a couple hundred bucks. It could be nothing. could be a couple thousand dollars, right? My paycheck for every week. So I'm just freaking out and I've constantly lived in this scarcity mindset. So when I was growing up, my dad was in the Navy. My mom worked in the school system so she could be home when I was home, which was phenomenal, but there was always financial struggles and I carried that into my own life. So when I left the security of having that financial stability and that six figure job, and I, I had been smart, like I had saved money, I had invested, I had plenty. But in my mind, when I wasn't getting that consistent paycheck every two weeks, I just completely freaked out. And Jamie and I worked at the same company. So Jamie had left, I think earlier that year in the beginning of 2021. And I texted him, and I'm like, Jamie, this is right before he was moving to the Dominican Republic. I'm like, Jamie, I'm freaking out, man. I'm like, do you have any time for just a quick call over the next couple of weeks? He's like, dude, I'm so busy. I'm moving to Dominican. I got 20 minutes right now. That one call changed my life. Just mm. by reaching out to Jamie and him picking up the phone, he was like, first of all, relax. Like you're being, you're being ridiculous right now. Cool it. You're <laughs> fine. You're young. You don't have kids. You have a ton of money saved up. Your wife has a W2 job. Why are you freaking out? <laughs> then he asked me a question that was simple, but life-changing. What would you do for free if you could do anything? Like don't just plan on not making any money from doing it. And I'm like, I absolutely love talking about leadership development. And what that stemmed from was Jocko Willink, because I had picked up his books, I had listened to his podcast. But in my mind, this guy's a Navy SEAL. He's elite. He was Chris Kyle's commanding officer. I'm, like, I'm never going to be Jocko Willink. So Jamie's like, Dude, you don't have to be Jocko Willink. He's like, you need to be Kyle Wakeman and you're going to appeal to an entirely different group of people that Jocko, you know, than, than Jocko appeals to. So that really helped me think, okay, 
I need to get out of my own way. I need to stop living in fear. I need to stop living in the scarcity mindset and I need to go after it. But I also still thought I don't have the credentials. Who's going to listen to me? I was a low mid-level manager at Progressive. I was an E6 in the National Guard who didn't take their career seriously. Who's going to listen to me? So I still had this mindset. So that's what took me back to Progressive. In my mind, I convinced myself that I was going to go back. I was going to do three to five years, work my way up the corporate ladder, ladder even more, which really would throw me even further out of alignment with my life because I, I wanted nothing to do with the corporate world at that point. But I'm going to leverage that experience. I'm going to invest all my money into, into real estate, build passive income. Then I'll feel comfortable enough to exit again and start my own company and really get this thing rolling. And I went back to Progressive and within a month, I was just like, what did I do? This was a terrible decision. I <laughs> should not have done this. And I ended up staying for five months and then having to leave because my life just became so much. I was so unhappy. I was even unhappier now than I was the first time I left because I had gotten that little bit of taste of freedom. Even though I was scared yeah. from a financial aspect, I had more control over my day. I started ideal in those five months and started getting the ball rolling. So now instead of running away from my corporate job, I felt like I was running towards ideal and and I, I even still said, I'm like, I'm going to do 18 months. And some good friends of mine from Emerge were like, why are you going to waste 18 months doing that? And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do a year. A year? That's too long. And, mm -hmm. and again, it ended up being five months and I was out of there. So I thank my friends from the group, Chris Mers and Lena Dubavaya specifically for really challenging me to speed up that timeline, set that goal and hold myself accountable to it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, um, of the, of the ideals, the, the values within ideal is, is mm -hmm. it seems like you, you, you touched on discipline quite a bit. Is that, is that the one that really resonates with you the most or are there others that you yeah. would say, I mean, I know they all have, it's like, Hey, I'm basically asking you to choose who your favorite child is. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so who's your favorite child? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my favorite child is, is discipline to me. That is the backbone of everything that we do with ideal by becoming more disciplined. You are going to find it easier to be more emotionally intelligent. You're going to find it easier to be more intentional. You're going to find it easier to balance your loyalties and understand what that truly means. And most importantly, you're going to find it easier to hold yourself accountable. When we talk about accountability, that's ownership, right? That's, right. that's holding yourself accountable before anybody else. So, but again, in order to be effective with all of those, it's going to take discipline because you're not always going to want to do that. Our natural mindset is when something goes wrong, blame, blame somebody else, right? It's not right. natural to be like, oh yeah, that was my fault. And I need to take actions to do that, even though it wasn't me who made the mistake, right? But right. as a leader, I need to say, well, maybe I didn't explain this correctly, or maybe I didn't check thoroughly to make sure that the pe person that I was speaking, spoken with or speaking with understood what I was saying. So again, it comes back to having the discipline to break natural tendencies and become effective. And again, you can apply this for leadership. You can apply the same things in a relationship as a parent, sure. anything. And that's the beauty of what we have there and why it didn't just fit leadership. We were, we were thinking my partner and I, Randy, were talking like, Hey, like these are just great skills for anybody to have in their lives. We've used right. them in our own lives to, to make changes and to grow personally so let's not narrow this down and shove it into this box of leadership. Like, how can we reach more people? Let's do that through a podcast. Let's start a personal development company instead of just making it leadership specific. So again, that discipline yeah. piece and, and why I think it's so important, not only do you have to have it to be all of those other four things, but when I think of myself and when I am at my least happy, it's because I'm not giving enough effort to what I have going on. So the other day was a great example. Yesterday, I felt just in that mental funk. I was like, what am I doing? Is this the right thing? I'm not really sure. 
And I started thinking about it more. And it's like, no, like you're, you're super passionate about what you're doing. But right now you've gotten to a point where you're taking too, too much advantage of the entrepreneur lifestyle, but I'm not there yet. So, you know, I'm going for walks during the day. I'm taking days off. I'm going to do whatever. I'm like, dude, you need to get more discipline. So normally I go on a walk every day. Yesterday, I was like, you need to reset this discipline and get back to putting in that high level of effort that you know you need to in order to achieve the success that you want out of your life. So instead of just going on my normal walk, I grabbed a 50 pound sandbag, I threw it in my backpack, I strapped it on and I walked, I ended up being like three and a quarter mile and (laughs) we're in East Texas. So there's hills and everything. I walked until my legs were just shot and I, I couldn't walk any further. And that was exactly what I needed to reset my mind. And then I got back and I got after it all day. I made more wow. progress yesterday than I had in probably a week and a half on the business simply by changing my mindset and really leaning into that discipline. And I realized that's so, what a lot of my clients say too. They're, they're lacking discipline in their lives and yeah. that's what they want to work on most. Yeah. It's interesting that just today I spoke at a real estate school, right? Where we go and we recruit students from, right? That they're going for their life. And, and we have this presentation where it talks about, you know, the 10 things to be successful in your first year. And that that's a big one for us, you know, because, you know, a lot of people become agents and they think, hey, I'm just going to go sell houses and make a ton of money and all that. And it, it, but, but discipline, you know, we, we call the structuring, right? Um, is a big part of that, right? And so, and people always ask, what does it take to be successful? And I think a big part of that is actually just creating structure for your day, you know, yeah. calling people, sending out, you know, giving them value set in times for meetings, for listing presentations, buyer presentations, showings, open house, all those things, right? And creating structure mm-hmm. around that. What do you do to help people become disciplined outside of dropping 50 pound bags of sand in their backpack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's walk, that's right? part of the program. Yeah. Like, hey, you yeah. you have to be able to rock with fifty pounds of sand. Right. You, know, you sign at, up with you, least... and we'll send you. you <laughs> sign up with us, and we'll send you a free fifty pound bag. Right. Like. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Maybe we'll start doing that with yeah, every your shipping with every coaching sign up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, it would cost way more to ship the the sand than it than it costs to buy it. But no, that's a great question. And one of the tools that we've really leaned into lately is discipline challenges and not only challenging our clients to take on some some level of discipline challenge. And I can talk about one of those is doing it with them. So I'm never going to ask one of my clients to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And it proves to them the power of discipline. So to give you an example, I had a client and he and I were sitting there and we're, so this was back when I was still at home. We're having an in-person conversation and we're both drinking energy drinks. And we were specifically talking in that moment about how he's using his money and becoming more intentional with where his money's going and all of that stuff. So I'm like, this is a really small example, but let's, let's roll with it. How many of those energy drinks are you drinking each week? And I know they cost three bucks a piece because we buy them at the gym. They're $3. So he's like, well, at least once a day, maybe twice a day, depending on. So I'm like, all right, so let's estimate that as 10. So that's 30 bucks a week times four weeks. You know, it's $120 a month, you know, and this he's, he's younger, he's just getting things started and everything. So $120 a month is a lot of money that he could be using for more productive things. And at that same time, I was drinking about the same amount of energy drinks, at least once a day, sometimes twice. And I had really developed kind of, uh, I wouldn't say a physical addiction to it, but I had this mental addiction to the energy drinks that I felt that I needed them in order to be productive and make it through my day. And it really started when I left Progressive the first time because I was running myself ragged, working for the roofing company. I had purchased my first investment property. I was in the middle of rehabbing that. I started Emerge. So I started Emerge, left my W-2 job, started a new career and bought my first rental property all within the same month. So I'm dragging. So I'm cracking these energy drinks like they're candy. And I told him, I'm like, how long? I'm like, I will prove to you that you, and and I'm sorry. So I asked him, why do you drink that many? He's like, I really need them to get throughout the day. I'm like, you don't need them. I'm like, you think you need them, but you don't actually need them. And in order to prove that to you, how long would you like me to not go with an energy drink? Right. And he's like 30 days. 
cool, too easy. Now I'm going to challenge you right back to say, you have to cut it back to two a week. I'm like, I'm not even asking you to challenge yourself as hard as you're challenging me. So right then I finished the one that I had and 30 days later, I hadn't touched an energy drink. And then it had become such a habit that I didn't even want them at that point. And that's the power of discipline is it's really hard in the beginning. It's challenging. But if you can push yourself through the really challenging parts and you just make it a habit, then it becomes easy and you actually enjoy it. Now I pride myself on the fact that I don't drink energy drinks because they are so terrible for me. And if I hadn't ex accepted that challenge and challenged him to do the same, then we wouldn't be here. He ended up instead of doing two a week, he gave them up completely and he hasn't touched one since. He's like, I've, I've had one temptation. I thought about it and I thought about how bad I was going to feel if I did that. He's like, I haven't had it. So that was almost three months ago now that he hasn't touched an energy drink. And that's what it is like discipline. It's not this magic formula. It's not, there's no secret recipe. It's just a matter of believing that okay. you can do it. So it, it sounds to me like a lot of what you're doing is you're helping people develop maybe develop better habits or anything like that. But what what are these? What is the end game for some of these? Right? It's not because mm -hmm. discipline for discipline's sake, in my opinion, it, it doesn't really it doesn't you know it's not sustainable, right? Don't doesn't right. there have to be people have to have a why, right? Yes. Like uncover what 100%. is their why. Like for you, you mentioned with your business, you're in a funk, you want to develop your business and grow. And so if you keep that why in mind, then you can develop discipline around it and, and it just becomes a regular habit, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how do you uncover that? Yeah, so we talk about it from, you have to have discipline, like you have to have intent behind your discipline. If there's something that you truly don't want to do and it's not adding any value to your life, then there's no right. point in pushing yourself through and being miserable. Like I look at right. myself from the W2 job aspect, like, I could have been more disciplined in that situation, but it wasn't going to bring me any reward. There was no fulfillment that was coming out of it. The money didn't really matter to me at, right. you know, in the long term. I wanted more fulfillment out of life. So why am I going to be super disciplined for this job that I'm not getting anything out of? So you have to be intentional, 100%. You can't just go out there and decide you're going to be super disciplined about something that you have no why behind. You have to have that why behind it, right? So for him, that why in that situation was, I need to become more intentional with my money and I need to start by giving up this one thing. And then I can apply that same mindset to other things and be more disciplined across the board with my life. So 100% agree with you that you have to have that intent for me, like with a, from a physical perspective, I hate running. I've always hated running. It was always oh, a punishment, man. you know, and I Be know careful, you're, you're, Be careful. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> but you'll see where I'm going here. Right. I'm just kidding. with you. Yeah. Yeah. But for me. I'm thinking, well, if I can be disciplined with running, I can be disciplined with anything. So since I got down to Texas, um, I've started running. I run three days a week, nice. every, every week, and now I love it. So I've leveraged that discipline to take something that I hated, but I knew it was going to be really good for me and mm -hmm. turned it into something that I love. And mm -hmm. now I can apply that to the same thing with business. I'm passionate about what I do in my coaching sessions. That passion comes through. What I'm not passionate about is, okay, I got to come up with a coaching contract or I got to make content for advertisements and I got to post it and I got to figure out how to edit a podcast. Those are things that I typically, I, or when I started, I really didn't enjoy doing, but I've continued to do them. I've continued to chip away at it and I'm taking those and now I'm turning them into things that I actually look forward to because I've gotten past that pain of the initial learning process and the start. So mm -hmm. in order to be successful, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to go through the unknown. You're going to have to figure things out that you've never done before. And in order to do that, you're going to need to rely on that discipline. And you can build discipline by just taking small steps and creating that habit in your life. Like I like to use water as, a, as one. Most of us walk around, we're substantially dehydrated. We don't like drinking plain water. It sucks. I'd rather drink pop. I'd rather drink coffee. I'd rather drink beer. Well, guess what? In order to be healthy, you need to stay hydrated. So maybe you can't drink a gallon of water right now. So start with a half a gallon, then three quarters, then a full gallon. There you go. Stay hydrated, Louie. Mm -hmm. But 
it's all about building those small habits so that it becomes a mindset and you can apply it to anything that you face in life. It's, it's just about that. So it's not about being unintentional. It's about being intentional with that discipline to apply it across the board. Yeah. Gotcha. Good stuff. So, um, how, how are you actually, we're kind of getting to that point in the show right now where we have to, uh, talk about the Wayfinder show, <laughs> the Wayfinder I four, it. I apologize. So, uh, I know you've been an avid listener. The, yeah. um, good so, transition, uh, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I had another question, but you know, I just realized where we're going. So, uh, anyways, that was bad. The, um, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, a hack. Tell us, uh, yeah. give us a hack. Yeah. So the biggest hack that I have in life is waking up early. And okay. it is because the earlier, if I can wake up early and I can knock out my daily habits. So a lot of people, when they come to me, they're if struggling, know. you know? Yeah. So uh, I just pushed it back to 4.30. So I'm oh. getting up at 4.30 every morning, except nice. for Sundays. I sleep till like six on Sundays, but you know, there was this day, it was a Saturday, it was like nine o'clock. And I was talking to one of my buddies. And he was like, Oh, what are you what have you gotten done so far this morning? And I listed off like this ridiculous list of things. He's like, that's more than I'll get done in my entire day. And it's nine o'clock. I'm like, well, yeah, that's because I woke up at five in the morning. And I spent four hours doing this stuff. So now I have the freedom the rest of my day to do other things that I want to do. So if you're struggling with daily habits, whether it's stretching or reading or meditating, just get up earlier, knock it out first thing in the day or first thing in the morning, and then you have now taken control of your day. If you wait throughout the day, things can come up. Kids, wives, jobs, last minute stuff that you're not, you can't plan for, that could come up and now it's 10 o'clock at night and you're not going to get those daily habits done. So wake up earlier, get them done first thing, take control of your day and you're going to see that snowball effect and just continue to do that. And it's a great feeling. I pride myself on the fact that I get all of that stuff done before seven in the morning. Yeah, totally. Hell yeah, Go back I to running. Agree. I, I started running again at five in the morning. I have a good friend who's uh, may, might be the only other listener of the show I heard. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, his name's AJ. So shout out to AJ, but he's been, uh, he's my accountability buddy. We go out and run at five in the morning now again. And uh, we were doing that last year and it, God, it is just changing my life again. Uh, I, I love yeah. it. I, I wonder why I stop sometimes. It's, it's awesome. So yeah. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. And then that way it's done first thing in the morning. You have no excuses to make later in the day. It's done and over with. And you can, you have the freedom throughout the rest of the day to do other things. The amount of stuff I have already done by eight o'clock is just blows my mind sometimes when I get up and go run at five. It's just, it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. And most people out there are like, I'm not a morning person. Well, I wasn't a morning person either until I joined the military and then I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Right. So that yeah. part was forced at them. Yeah. But I, I don't want to wake up that early. Like, would I rather sleep? Yeah, absolutely. But that's where that discipline piece comes in. So set your alarm, put yeah. your phone in a different room, get up early consistently, consistently for 30 days, and then it becomes habit. And mm -hmm. you realize, oh, this isn't that bad. You, mm -hmm. you, most people aren't naturally morning people. You have to create that habit. Totally. And then it gets to a point where you can't sleep in, right? Like there's days when I'm like, I'm just going to sleep in today. And it's like, yeah, you know, five 30. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm good. Let's, yeah. let's go for a run. So I'm with yeah. you, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah. All right. So name a favorite. This could be a, a book, a band, a movie. Well, you know, the drill. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this probably is not going to be surprising after listening to, yeah. to everything that I've said, but my, my favorite book recently has been can't hurt me by David Goggins. So I mean, it took me a long time. Yeah. I mean, you were on the, on the proximity power series call. So Jamie had, and I heard had your, called me your pod the other day. Oh yeah. 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 So Jamie had, had called me a mini Goggins and I was like, <laughs> funny that you say that I have, I have the book sitting right next to my <laughs> computer here, but it took me a while to pick that up. So I just recently read that a couple months ago and 
it was just mind blowing. I, yeah. As I'm reading this and I'm hearing the things that he did, like go went through Bud's training on two broken legs. So yeah. uh, Bud's Bud's training for everybody out there who's not familiar, that's the the seals, you know, basic underwater demolition school. That's their main training. This this man did it on broken legs, and I remember complaining when I had like a pull a, a tweaked groin in football, right? And this dude's out here doing on broken legs. And that was kind of that realization that I had. It's like, you've never put 100% effort in consistently to anything. There are times where I've put 100% effort in, but realistically over a sustained period, I haven't done that. But this guy's out there just doing incredible things who never trained for a race. And then on a, like on Wednesday, signed up for a hundred miler and went out and did it. He almost died. Hmm but he did it. <laughs> so I think you can take it too far. Right. But right. that book just really changed my mindset. And it really made me believe that I hadn't even scratched the surface of my potential. So yeah. now when I'm out there running and I'm, I'm hating it, you know, and I'm having that struggle, I'm literally talking to myself saying yeah. like, dude, you're, you have so much more in you. And it's all because of that book. And I had already considered myself a disciplined person at that point, but that really just took it to a whole nother level. So I highly recommend anybody out there who is struggling with mindset or discipline, anything along those lines, pick up that book and give it a read. If you really connect with it and apply the things in that, it will absolutely change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read his new book? Never finished. I haven't yet. So I okay. actually said yesterday, I just started reading Endure by Cameron Haynes, who oh, Cam yeah. Haynes and David Goggins are good friends. They yeah. run together and everything like that. So I'm reading Endure now. I should have that wrapped up in a couple of weeks. And then I, I plan on reading Never Finished. Do you listen to books, Kyle? I don't. So okay. I don't know what it is. I love listening to podcasts. Like I'll listen yeah. to Rogan, you know, over and over again. I'll listen to the same episodes multiple times of Rogan and Jocko. Right, right. But there's something about holding the actual book in my hands and being yeah. able to highlight and take notes yeah. that just it feels more, I don't know, like spiritual to me to have the actual like paper in my hands. Agreed. No, agreed. And I think all three of us are avid readers, right? So, but I, I think there's certain books that are meant to be read and some that are meant to be listened to. And if you like his book, reading it, you will love listening to it. And, yeah, and you get, I, I, I highly, highly recommend it. I mean, even, even just, just read, listen to that one again, because he also has things in between the chapters mm -hmm. um, that he doesn't have in the book. You know, yeah. and you're just hearing it from it. It's just so impactful. So I, that's I, what I've I've heard that one. And I've heard Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey oh, is like another one yeah. that you have to listen. You have to, to listen to you got to listen to that, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, so speaking um, of Goggins, I see uh, the Build Your Life resume on the wall behind you. It's Jesse yeah. Itzler, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah have correct, you read that yeah. book where uh, what is it called? Living with the Seal? What is it called? Yeah, 30 days yeah that's it. Seal, I think it was where with the seal. Goggins goes and lives with Itzler for 30 days. It, the seal no, turns I... out to be Goggins before anybody knew who Goggins was. <laughs> oh, you know? okay. All right. In my head, when you're saying living with a seal, I thought I had like the animal in my mind for some reason. <laughs> no, like, no, well, no. That no, sounds interesting. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I could have we explained both... that better. But yeah, I think like no. what we said, that's, that's kind of how Goggins like started getting popular, I think. Like people were trying to figure out like who the hell, because it in Jesse's book, he never actually mentions David Goggins' name, right. but but you know okay. people figured it out. Obviously, people are like yeah. who else is David Goggins' guy that just trained the shit out of Jetsley Itzler for thirty days? But it's a it's yeah. a funny, great book. You oh, it's hilarious! It. Yeah, it's a it's a good quick read too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, awesome. Yeah, uh, I'll have to pick that up. One one last endorsement for "Can't Hurt Me." I got to tell you, um, a few years back, I ran a PR, a personal record for non-runners out there. Uh, in a marathon, I was trying to qualify for Boston. It was like a long journey for me. And uh, I ran a 304 marathon and we, it was in Duluth, Minnesota. We actually drove up there. It was a big family vacation. We all, I made my family listen to Kit, You Can't Hurt Me <laughs> on the nice. way up. <laughs> I know, which is really bad, but uh, I had already read it and I had to listen and just to get my mind in that, that frame of mind. And I mean, yeah. I, that was, that was a huge PR for me and I, I killed it. I mean, for me and, um, and that I, it did give me that mental toughness. I thought that I needed to just keep pushing through the pain and everything because the pain yeah, is inevitable sure. in a marathon. So yeah, it's absolutely yeah. pain. Pain is inevitable, inevitable. Suffering is a choice, right? So that's, right. that's where that mindset comes in. Totally. And 
it was funny because I actually I'm a huge music person when I work out. Like I love putting on some music and getting after it. And in a couple of days, I listened to his podcast episodes with Joe Rogan, and those were the best workouts I ever had. When you hear wow. David Goggins' yeah. voice in the background, yeah, like, you can't you can't have a bad workout. Like it's impossible. No. It makes you want to like throw on a fifty pound sack of sand in your backpack right. and go for a big walk, right? Like you absolutely. Yeah. And then the more you do it, the less you need his voice and you just become, you know, self-disciplined. So you don't totally. need that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Kyle, 25, what would you tell your 25 year old self? Yeah. So this is one that I've, I've thought about a lot. So I've been listening to, again, I've been listening to the show, listening to the Wayfinder four at the end. And the biggest thing that comes to mind is life is short and, you need to stop listening to everyone and just do what you want. Do what feels right. And that's one thing that I didn't do early on in my life. And it led me to this life that was, it, was, it wasn't a bad life. It was just completely designed for somebody else, right? I had a good job. I had a house. I had everything that I needed. And for other people, that could potentially be their dream life. But the reason that I ended up there was because I listened to society. I listened to everybody around me. I listened to my friends that were going to college and doing all these things in this very, you know, kind of like a cookie cutter life. But that was never, it never felt right for me. I knew the minute that I got hired into my corporate job that it wasn't me, you know, I'm looking at everybody and, and they're, I'm wearing jeans and t-shirts and it, you know, that's who I am. And I'm, people are wearing ties, they're wearing polos, they're wearing khakis and they're doing this stuff. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, but it wasn't for me. So mm -hmm. if I could go back and just do what I actually, I wanted pursue what made me happy, I think things would be different. But at the same time, I also have to have balance and understand that I am very happy in my life currently. And if I wouldn't have gone through everything that I had gone through before, if I wouldn't have gone to college, I wouldn't have joined the guard. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have met my best friends. I probably mm. wouldn't have ended up in, in emerge or go abundance emerge now. So I don't have any regrets, but that's definitely something that I, I wish I would have learned earlier. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. So what do you think holds people back from being happy? Yeah. So I will speak for myself on this one. And I touched on it a little bit earlier, but not giving 100%. And again, that's a big reason why I have never been happy. I've always known that I've had more, like my potential is way higher, but I never really knew what I exactly what I wanted to do. And I just was going through life and just going through the motions. And even when it was something that I, that I loved, like football, football, I just relied on my talent. I never gave hundred percent effort. When I was in ninth grade, I was really good because I was six, three, six, four. I didn't need to work hard, you know, in that. And then as I progressed in football, and especially when I got to college, it's like, oh, well, everybody's pretty freaking good now. So I can't just rely on my talent, but even in that space, I still did it. So not giving 100% effort. I feel like so many people live with regret because they're like, what if, what if I would have tried harder? What if I would have put in 100% effort? And when you're battling that, it leads to this life of unhappiness and lack of fulfillment. And so for me, again, if you're not giving 100% of what you're capable of in that moment and what 100% is, is different. It's different today than it will be tomorrow. And the day after that, that 100% looks a little bit different every single day, but whatever it is in that moment, give 100%, whether it's being a dad in that moment, whether it's being a leader, whether it's working on your business, whether it's your workout, give 100% and that will lead you to the results that you are looking for. And it will lead you to that happiness that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's really Thank well said, that. man. Thank you. And that, that was one of my biggest takeaways, I think from can't hurt me was just like the realization of like, wow, like, yeah, I don't have to go run a hundred miles on broken legs, but how much <laughs> more effort could I be putting into certain things that I say that I really want, but do I want them bad enough to actually bust my ass to get them? Or am I just kind of like, eh, I'd like to have a six pack, but I don't really, you know, that kind of, that kind of mentality. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Yeah, this is just David Goggins episode, but uh, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he have yeah. actually like a yeah. percentage he applies to? And he's like everyone, like people think they're given one hundred percent, but it's really only like forty. Or doesn't? Yeah, I think that? it's I think it's forty. I think I think you're right. I think it is forty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Fine. imagine if you gave that sixty percent more that you were capable of. And the, my right. thing is like, there's no such thing as one hundred and ten percent. Like I I remember that saying it was popular when we were younger. Sure. Give one hundred and ten percent. No, I I can only give one hundred percent. However, I haven't yet figured out what my hundred percent is because mm-hmm. I have never truly given it. Like mm-hmm. the other thing that I tell myself when I'm doing things is empty the tank, empty the tank, empty mm-hmm. the tank. If you empty the tank, that means you've given 100% of whatever you had in the tank in that moment. And again, that just fills me up with happiness, joy, fulfillment. And then again, I just start applying that to everything else in my life. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, now I'm really happy because I feel like I've given everything that I've had. Well, thank you for that, Kyle. For those who haven't, you know, emptied the tank on on Kyle Wakeman yet and still have a little bit left in there. Where, where could they find you? Yeah. So uh, Instagram and Facebook are where I spend most of my time connecting with people. So on Facebook, you can connect with me, Kyle D. Wakeman. You can also follow our podcast, which is the Ideal Impact Podcast. And then on Instagram, I'm Kyle.D.Wakeman. And the Instagram page for the podcast is the or excuse me ideal underscore impact underscore podcast and whether it's the podcast that you're looking for or personal coaching development those are all the best ways to do that we we have the same brand for the coaching ideal impact coaching so we just have the one social media page for those or the the social media pages are all podcast slash coaching so if you're interested in either go check it out and again the podcast is on spotify apple and youtube as well Awesome. That's great. Well, thanks again, Kyle, man. This has been a blast. And I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of it and uh, you're going to continue to do big things in coaching. But, you know, if you ever get sick of it, you want to come sell roofs for me in South Carolina. (laughs) You're more than welcome anytime. That's right. Hey, doing it in South Carolina sounds way better than doing it in Northeast Ohio. There were some, there were some sketchy <laughs> right. mornings up there on with some, well, I, I did it mostly in the summer, but I'm thinking, you know, my good friends own the company and I'm like, man, you guys are crazy. You're doing this stuff too, way too much year round. I mean, there's some days where it's so snowy that you can't do it. But even then I'm like, no, this, this Northeast Ohio thing is, is it's not for me. So being down in Texas is way better. Carolina would be fun as well. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. All right. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, thanks, guys. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.